Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, you feel good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. another episode of the Brett Allen Show. Thanks everybody for watching and listening and being a part of today's conversation today. We have a very special guest, veteran actor Michael O'Neill. We're here to talk about this new Netflix film Echoes. I've seen this movie twice now. I've watched it. It's just one of those that I feel like I could watch over and over again and really just get something different each time. Uh, Thank you for your time and for spending time with us to watch this. Happy to, Britt. Really happy to join you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about this because this is, I would say, with a lot of content out there today, this is one that is uniquely different and interesting. You you all have a phenomenal cast, including yourself, Michelle Monaghan. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, if people haven't had a chance to watch, can you let viewers in on what it's about and, and what they might expect? Mm-hmm. Uh, when they have a chance to check it out. Happy to, you know, you and I are ahead of the curve a little bit in that the Netflix allowed us to see some of those episodes, but they, it's not dropped. All seven episodes will drop on Friday, August the 19th. So, yeah, so just three days. <laughs> yeah, our viewers will have an opportunity to dive in. And it, it is a dive. I mean, it's incredibly suspenseful. Uh, Michelle plays identical twins. And um, they do a thing that identical twins do, which is that they'll swap lives except yeah. they carry it on much much too long uh into adulthood so um they're they're swapping families they're swapping husbands they're swapping you know places that they live it's a it's a dangerous it's a dangerous way to live and um one of them disappears and yes. as soon as that happens then that entire construct begins to collapse and there's a there's a, a bit of a con game in it. There's all there's all kinds of, but it's a suspense mystery, and it's wonderfully mysterious and and in my experience, incredibly suspenseful. Uh, it's quite an e-ticket ride. I like the uh, Disney reference there, uh, the e-ticket ride. Yeah. Um, it is definitely an e-ticket ride. This is not a fast pass 
jump to the front of the line experience. This is something that you really need to just, you know, take time to watch. And again, we're talking on the 19th when this will be available for everybody to watch. Um, again, I've seen the first two episodes and I just, you know, I definitely want more uh, for sure. And it's 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 kind of like one of those types of movies. It's got, uh, you know, it's like if Minority Report met up with, you know, uh, a little bit of Blade Runner. It just has all kinds of different uh, exciting elements in it. Uh, and I, one of the things that I find very cool is, you know, something like this, which could be like a two-hour feature. It, you you all have taken the time to break it down into several episodes. And so we get to experience it a lot better and sort of get to know the characters on a more personal level, um, which I think, you know, Netflix does a great job with that is allowing you all to tell your story. You know what I mean? And I think that's important, especially for something like this. I, I do know what you mean. And it, it, it gives you, uh, it gives us enough time because what happens to me when I watch it is I forget which twin she's playing. She's that skilled. And it's peculiar for me, Brett, because I have identical twin girls. I've, I've been through okay this it's probably typecasting but i've been through this they have this thing they'll cross the axis from time to time and when they do that and it's usually with a personality trait uh then i'll have difficulty telling them apart but they're not still doing it at 23 <laughs> you know i mean it's no it's uh yeah but it, but i agree with you and it's it, both as an actor and as a as a viewer i find myself hooked by it and you just said something interesting about the fact that time was taken. And it's what I like about Netflix. It's this, the streaming services. A lot of really wonderful writers are moving to the long form. Yes. Uh, they don't have to yank things out. They can put more in. They can take time to tell that story. And it's compelling as an actor to get to work on it. And I have to think it's compelling for them to get to write it that way. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, I think everybody enjoys you know, the collective experience of going into a theater. And mm -hmm. and um, I think Quentin Tarantino said something similar. He was making the case, you know, especially within the last couple of years where, you know, theaters and directors and writers are sort of trying to think about the fact, you know, do people still want to go into a theater and sit? And I say yes, because it's a you're in there for two hours, two and a half hours, and you are enjoying these things together as a group but then on the flip side of that this you know you get to experience it in a different sort of way uh which i think is important especially for this kind of story because it's i mean it's if you like sci-fi if you like suspense uh people you're gonna love this one for sure it just and uh i mean again yourself and just all the other people uh that are a part of this um, did you, was this something that happened pre middle post pandemic when you started working on this or was it kind of maybe a hybrid of all of those things? It, it was a little bit of a hybrid. You're okay. right about that. And that we had to test continuously. They okay. really couldn't take a chance on shutting production down and we had to wear masks on set. You know, the only time we could take them off was when, when we were filming, you know, when we stepped into that quote unquote, a zone, um, and then you you lose the mask and you work with your other actors. 
but it, it's interesting because as long as we all test negative, then we're we're fine. But you have to be so careful because you can shut a production down, and that's millions of dollars, you know, coming to a screeching halt. <laughs> Not good. It, it doesn't like it. It doesn't like it. No. But Netflix took great care of us. You know, they were um, they weren't. Um, it's not that they, they, it's not, it wasn't a question of being obsessive with them. It was a question of being consistent. This okay. is, this is what we're going to do. This is what you have to have. And this is what we're going to abide by. So once those ground rules were established, then we could play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. That's a good, uh, you don't want to shut a production down <laughs> um, no. for any reason. I, I used to live in as a sidebar here in New Mexico and the film industry is huge there. And uh, I got to work on a few projects and I was working on one in particular. I won't mention the director's name, but something happened and they they ran out of money, basically, and couldn't pay people. <laughs> so uh, it shut down for a long period of time. And then eventually everybody was able to go back to work. Right. Uh, but I get the point here. You've you've always chosen, you know, very interesting projects. Um before that, my next question I do want to ask, is there something that you look for in particular when choosing a project? Because I would assume at this point in your career, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you you have a little bit, if not a lot of say of sort of what you're choosing. What particularly particularly attracts you to do something and to go, I, I want to commit my time to this? Specifically like this, or maybe messiah that was on netflix as well because it's all very interesting and unique projects you know uh thank you for the question because not everybody asked that uh, i've been around long enough now that they kind of know what i can contribute and okay. um, and they know i want to contribute which i think is important but i but i'm drawn i'm drawn to projects and this is gonna i hate to say this euphemistically but I love the honesty. I love the humanity of a project. I love the the honesty of it. Is sure. it a story? Is it a story worth the candle? And if it's worth burning the candle for, then yes, I'm interested in being involved. Now, there's certain stories, even if they're worth it, I'm not interested in being involved just because of my background or where I think I want to lend what little bit of talent I have. And um, you know, it's it's nice to be in a place now in the sort of fourth quarter of my career where I can go, yeah, that that's for me or no, that's somebody else's job. Okay. Uh, but I'm drawn to honesty a lot. I'm drawn to the, the humanity of it a lot. Um, I love curiosity in writers. I love it when they, you know, like I don't, I, no one's ever explored this, this notion of identical twins to, no. to the best of my, not like this. No. Um, and, and to have it, you know, get on the track that it's on, and lead us on the journey that it's on. I, I read this and I went, oh, wow, never seen it. Let's play. Let's go. Let's see, you know, so. That, that's that very smartly written, you know, and I think that's one of the things, you know, because you have great actors and and, and storytellers who do these projects. But then uh, it's up to the people who write and create, too, that give you that, you know, sandbox as it's been said to play in a little bit and you know kind of be in the moment right especially this you know again because there have not really been anything like this before um and you and now as we talk about this um i'm excited for the rest of the episodes to come out because i want to kind of see what happens to this because i've been on the edge of my seat um i don't know sort of selfishly going back to netflix you know, the screener side and going, 
Maybe they accidentally put in a fourth one or a fifth one. <laughs> uh, not so much. Um, you've done a lot of sci-fi and sort of this, uh, I know, genre-bending type storytelling. Um, I want to touch on Messiah, uh, which is another great Netflix project. That was, I think, equally as fascinating, but so different. Uh, and, um, you know, in spite of what people might have thought uh, was being told or, or or expected. It was so different. Let's talk about that one just briefly here. I know you have limited time. I'm very curious about that in particular and sort of what drew you to that project. Because uh, again, just another one that's just so uniquely different in genre bending. You know, uh, Brett, it, the, the, that piece is fascinating to me because it poses the question, how would society react if a messiah dropped in right now? Yeah. And it reacts sort of as you expect. Some people become true believers. Some people become skeptics. Governments are threatened by it. You know, uh, they want to find what's the angle, who's the, con you know. And so I thought it was a wonderful representation of the what if. What yeah. if? What if a Messiah dropped in? How would we respond? And how would we know? And particularly if it didn't look like what you thought it was supposed to look like. And therein lies the the, the trouble. And, and in terms of my character in that, it's funny you should ask about him. It probably, I rarely judge characters. Probably the worst person I have ever played. Really? That guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. Manipulative and self-serving and mean and cruel. And, you know, yeah, it was a bad guy. It took me a little bit to recover from that guy. I, I could imagine because uh, he was not a nice person. Uh, but I but that's OK, though, because that's just a testimony to your great work. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I really did like that subtext of how would, you know, people respond if something did sort of happen where this person dropped in and you know regardless of what one's position spiritually or religiously might be i think it's a good uh question to to take on and and then again to create you know a long form series uh like echoes again people this will be available on the 19th uh so get your dvrs or your streaming apps ready because uh, it's a good one. One last question again, just a, a large body of work um, going all the way back to the beginning. Um, if this is correct, Quincy Emmy, which is was a great show. Jack um, yes. And uh, I've interviewed uh, other actors who that's where they got their start at a very young age. Yeah. Um, what interested you in becoming a storyteller or an actor? Like where, where did that first spark for you, uh, Michael? You know, I, I think I was probably a bit of a ham as a child. Um, you know, I was looking looking to uh, get my parents' attention, and both of them sang. My parents, I can't sing a lick, but my parents both sang beautifully. So there was a sense that I had to pick something else out um, to sort of uh, strike the canvas in the family. So I think storytelling was a natural draw, and I'm Southern. It, it's a rich, rich history, storytelling. So I was I was drawn to it. And that I remember in uh, in college uh, seeing Mark Twain done, and being utterly uh, suspended. It, mm. it 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 was for me one of the highlight moments uh, in my life uh, because it answered a lot of questions for me, and it and the the nature of that performance was so compelling that I thought, wow, an actor can do that. 
Well, let's go find out. Yeah. And I like too, that it wasn't necessarily driven by money initially, uh, but just pure interest. And then of course, you know, here we are uh, years and years later, <laughs> and we have this great film uh, that you've been a part of this anthology series echoes, which will be available on the 19th on Netflix. We've been chatting with actor, uh, Michael O'Neill, thank you for your time, my friend. It's been a real honor chatting with you. Thank you. I hope we can do it again. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.